You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. And furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place, the scripture says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Or the son of man that you should care for him? Yet, You made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. What what we do see is Jesus, who who was given a position a little lower than the angels, And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will make this word real to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. The King James says, for the suffering of death. He had to die for my sin. He had to die to become my savior. He tasted death for all who will believe. Not who will believe about him, but who believe in him. How many know there's a big difference in believing about Jesus and believing in him? Anyone can believe about him. You can believe what the Bible says about him. You can believe what preachers preach about him. But do you believe in him? Do you believe that the promises that he made to us are yes and amen? Because they are for people who believe. Not for people who believe about him, but people who believe in him. Amen? So, Jesus not only saves us from the penalty of sin but he also saves us from the power of sin. The power that sin had over our life is broken. Doesn't mean that we never sin anymore. Doesn't mean that we never do wrong. But the thing is, that, that has no power over me anymore. And any time that I slip and fall, I can say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. I don't have to go in a whole lot of, uh, a long hour of begging him to forgive me. All I have to do is just echo the words, Lord, forgive me, I have sinned. And he forgives. And so the devil has no power over me. He has no power over you. He can't even, he can't even bring it up successfully that I've sinned. Because Jesus forgives and forgets. Amen? He is the one who sanctifies us, keeps us holy. And uh, he, he accomplished, us, accomplished this 
uh, for us through his suffering. I want to look, first of all, at, the, at natural sight versus spiritual sight. When the writer to the Hebrews says, we see Jesus, and in another place, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, he's not talking about natural sight. It's, it's the eye of faith. For the natural, the natural sight is opposite to faith. Faith is spiritual sight. Faith is seeing with the spiritual eye, is believing what God has said even though you do not see it physically. It's the eye of faith where the natural sight is, is the opposite of, of faith. For we walk by faith, Corinthians says, Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. But we see Jesus, his power, his promises, the promises of his word that are yes and amen to those who believe. That's what we see. And when we're faced with a difficult problem, we, we see that. We, we, if we, we need to have the word hidden in our heart. We need to be able to read the word and to be able to keep it in our hearts. Not that you can understand it all, not that you remember it all, but you read it and it's in your heart. And it's amazing, it's miraculous really, how when you need that word, it comes to the surface. It comes to you, and you can stand upon that word. You see Jesus. You see what he has promised, and you believe that, and you, and you get results. Amen? There are those who say, oh, I wish I had, was living in the days when Jesus was on earth. Then I would be able to see him face to face. But listen, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. And so you will not be able to do the things that I am doing. But if I go and I send the Holy Spirit, you'll do even greater things than I'm doing. Amen? You know, sometimes we look at that and we, we think, that, that's got to be for someone else. That's got to be for my neighbor. That's got to be for the pastor. It can't be for me. Yes, it is. It's for you and I. It's the word of God for you and I. He said, it is better for you that I go. If I go to the Father, I will send the Holy Spirit, and, and then you will be able to do greater things than I'm doing. In the days of his flesh, there were those who saw him, walked beside him, felt his touch. They saw him with the natural eye. But in wrath, they cast them out of their synagogues. They cast them out of their churches. They said he was a blasphemer. They saw him in the flesh. And they said he's a blasphemer. They said that he cast out de demons by the, the spirit of the devil. And others said he was crazy. They mocked him. They jeered him. And they called for his crucifixion. That was in the day of his flesh. So don't you and I think that we would do any differently? 
Natural sight amounts to nothing with regard to faith. My pastor, one of my pastors in Newfoundland, he had a woman in his church who was crippled. I don't know what kind of a disease she had, but she was in a wheelchair. And uh, they were having a, a, a prayer meeting in her home. She couldn't get out too much, so uh, that's what they would do in those days. People who were shut in, they would go. Some of the people from the church would go, and they would have a service in the home and, and worship with them there. And so during this, this time of prayer and worship, uh, this woman, the power of God came up on her. Uh, they, prayed, they gathered around her and prayed. She got up out of her wheelchair and uh, began jumping and shouting and rejoicing in the Lord. And so some 15 years later, he was pastoring in the church that I was attending in St. John's, Newfoundland, and he brought her in to give her testimony. And she gave testimony of how God had, had healed her, and uh, she was healed until the day that God took her home. But... Uh, the people in the community, they said she wasn't sick. She wasn't, she wasn't crippled. They said she was just too lazy to walk. And so she just got this wheelchair and just had her, had her family wheel her around. Well, that's the way it is with unbelievers. There are some people who will not believe no matter what they see. We say sometimes, oh, if God would move in miracles and people would get healed, then people would come. They'd come to criticize. But you see, we have the word of God. We have no excuse. We don't need to see a miracle. We need to see Jesus. We need to focus our eyes upon Jesus. We don't need a great apostle or a great prophet or a great evangelist to come in to stir us up. We have the word of God. We need to be seeking Jesus. We need to look at his word and see what his word says and believe his word. The eye of faith. Let's look at the eye of faith. It is the eye of faith, the spiritual vision that reveals Jesus our Savior and Lord, our healer, and our baptizer. So often we find in the Bible that faith is compared to sight, compared to the ability of the eye to include in its vision a whole vast panorama. That is the ability of the spiritual sight to take the past, the present, and the future, to see the invisible, to see all around. For example, in my mind, in my memory, even as I'm speaking to you now, and we're talking about it, in far less time than it takes for me to describe it, I can be in Newfoundland where I was born, on that little island where I was raised, relive the days of my childhood, I can see the sights of the land and the people, its panoramic view, any time that I choose to recall these memories. And so can you. And when you, when, when, when you just begin to concentrate on those memories, you can see things that happened 50, 60 years ago just as plain and just as clear as if they were standing right in front of you.
Isn't that right? Amen. Having read and studied the Bible, the eyes of faith work similarly in your, in your spirit. You see, I've read the Bible through quite a number of times. I've studied the Bible a lot of years. And uh, I can go back by the eye of faith and I can see God in creation of the world because I've read it in the Bible. I've been taught it in Sunday school. It is something that is so plain and so clear to me, and I can see it with the eye of faith. I, 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 I'm with the patriarchs and with the kings and with the prophets and those, all those stories that we learned when we were children and that I read about over and over again and studied. I'm in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. I'm following his life. I'm at Calvary. I'm seeing, I'm seeing him being lashed for my, my healing, dying on the cross for my sinfulness. I'm with the women and Peter and John and see the empty tomb. I rejoice with them that Jesus is alive. And I'm on the Mount of Olives and, and there with the disciples and seeing him ascend into heaven. All of these are pictures that we can see as we, as we just apply the word of God to the situation. I hear, I, I'm with them in the upper room. I hear them. I hear the mighty rushing wind. I see the tongues of fire. I hear them speak with tongues. And I seek God and I speak with tongues as well. I receive the same experience for myself. It's the same healing, the same deliverance, the same spiritual gifts in every area of our lives that God poured out at Pentecost. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith for salvation in the, in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, a man who stands in, in death can stand in life, the sinner becomes a saint in a moment just by saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's a miracle. And the change that takes place in my life and in yours when we accept Christ into our heart can never be fully explained. You've got to experience it to understand it. Paul declared in Romans, for the gospel of salvation is not a way up there for a man have to, having to climb up to bring Christ down. Or it's not way down there that a man has to go down and bring him up. But what does the scripture say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart, even the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And we have done that. We have believed that. We've acted upon that. And we found it's true. With natural eyes, we may see a world spiraling out of control. We may have overwhelming personal problems. But when we focus on Jesus, when we focus on Jesus, 
we see that God is in control. Ten spies who, who only looked at the giants and the problems did not enter the promised land. But Caleb and Joshua, who saw the same giants, who saw all the obstacles that were there, with eyes of faith, saw victory. Based upon the promises of God, realizing that God had commanded them to go in and take the land, said we're able to go up and take the country, possess the land from Jordan to the sea. Though giants tall may be there, our way to hinder, through Christ we'll have the victory. Amen. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Lay aside those encumbrances, those things that weigh us down. As Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, let's lay aside every weight and sin which does easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Another place says, he who began a good work in you We'll see it through to completion. Amen. Do you see what I see? Can you relate to what I'm saying this morning? We know by Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 and 22, that Jesus has been made to sit at the right hand of the Father. Amen. He has a name above every name. And that all things are under his feet. That's what, the, that's what the Bible says. That also means that if, if, G, if everything is under Jesus' feet, then I am seated. The Bible says that I am seated and you are seated with him in heavenly places. That all things are under my feet. All things are under your feet as well. You see... Sometimes we forget those things and we, we suffer unnecessarily. We go through dark valleys unnecessarily because we do not understand, we don't apply what the Word says. All things are under His feet. And I'm with Him in heavenly places. All things are under my feet. But what happens when you get home and you realize that nothing has changed? Your husband or your wife or your kids are still not saved. And you've been praying and believing. You came from a service where the Spirit of God was so, so real and so near that you could reach out and touch him. But they're still not saved. Your boss or your co-worker is still just as hard to get, a, get along with, just as impossible to work with as ever. Your family member is still suffering some sickness or disease. Your finances are still in shambles. What do you do? You keep looking to Jesus. You, don't, you never stop looking at Jesus. You never stop seeing Jesus. He's the one. I see Jesus. This is what makes all of the difference, folks. It makes all of the difference. 
may appear that nothing in my life is under my feet, but it's, if it's under the feet of Jesus, it's under the feet of his children. Amen? Praise the Lord. The question is, do I see Jesus or do I see my circumstances? Too many times we focus on the, on the negative rather than the positive. Matthew chapter 14, when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, Peter got out of the boat and walked towards him. The Bible tells us that when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. You see, it matters what you see. As long as, as he kept his eyes focused on Jesus, he was walking on the water. But when he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the circumstances around him, he began to sink. But oh, he had wisdom enough to say, Lord, help me. And you and I may get our eyes off of Jesus many times. But when I say, help me, Lord, I need help. I need you, Lord. He comes to our rescue. Going to ask the musicians to come back as we conclude here. I read a testimony of a man who did not believe in miracles. He didn't believe in healing or deliverance. He didn't believe in Holy Spirit baptism with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. And he didn't believe in financial blessings. When he heard anyone talking about prosperity in Christianity, he wrote them off. But one day he was run over by an automobile. The doctor said that his right leg would have to be amputated. And he lay in his hospital bed and the verse of scripture came to him from James chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they will be forgiven him. He tried to excuse himself to the Lord by saying, Lord, we don't practice this in our church. But the Lord, in his mercy, reminded him of a neighbor who he scorned because of his full gospel beliefs. The Lord reminded him of this man and his wife who believed in the full gospel, healing, Deliverance. He told him to call him, to call your neighbor and ask them to come and pray for you. The man and his wife came, anointed him with oil, and prayed the prayer of faith. And guess what happened? He was healed. His leg didn't have to be removed because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God gets into your heart. You begin to see Jesus. Though you may say, I don't believe in God, or I don't believe in healing, 
I don't believe in speaking in tongues, and I don't believe in giving, tithing, and all of that stuff. But when you put it into practice, when you read it in God's word, and you dare to believe it, you'll find that it works every time. Amen? Do you see Jesus? He's a healer, baptizer. He's a financial advisor. He's wisdom, righteousness, power, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. Reach out and touch him this morning. He'll do for you what no one else can do. Amen? Praise the Lord. Want to stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.